to this week's episode of Ghost Emoji. I'm Taylor. I'm Becca. And this week we are talking about the devil's pool. Because it's summertime, y'all. And it's time to get wet and wild, put on your swimming suits, and get your butt in the devil's pool where you will burn for a I wish it was called the devil's anus because I feel like that's actually what it is. I think when I was like, hey, can you send me that file on the devil's butthole? Yeah, you, that's what you called it. <laughs> I'm sure there probably is something out there. I mean, you've got the devil's footprints. Why wouldn't you have the devil's butthole? Butthole. Especially because there are multiple devil's pool. So I guess we should probably clarify again. This is the one that's in like Queensland, Australia. It's not the one in Victoria Falls. Yep. Mm-hmm. This one's way better. Victoria Falls sucks. She doesn't mean that. <laughs> I don't. I've never been there. Although, I mean, it has a place called Devil's Pool, and whenever I would try to type in Death Record, that one sure did come up a lot, so it sounds like they mm. both have their own set of troubles. Well, then maybe it does suck. <laughs> I think the other one is like a waterfall, and this one is a beautiful creek thing. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. It's a water hole. Um, <laughs> it's a water mm. hole. Yep, it's called uh, Babenda Boulders. Let's, let me let, read you this little beautiful... Um, Flavor text. Okay. The crystal waters of Babinda Creek, south of Cairns, and that's how you spell it, right? Cairns? Or how you say it, right? I don't know. Well, you could correct me, Australian people. South of Cairns <laughs> and North Far Queensland flow from the state's highest mountain, Mount Bartle Frere, down through the steamy rainforest to the Great Barrier Reef coast. On their way, the waters flow into a waterhole known as Babinda Boulders, an idyllic setting and favorite tourist attraction. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> the innocuous sounding Babinda Boulders, however, is better known by another name. The much more sinister sounding Devil's Pool. And for good reason, too. It's basically just a natural pool at the confluence of three streams among a group of boulders. Near Babinda. It's just a waterhole. But it's really dangerous. Babinda's kind of a cool name. Babinda. I think in here it says that Babinda means, like, something about flowing water or something, but I don't know. It's kind of a nice name. So is Mount Bartle Frere. That's like the name of a super fancy dog. Yep. I present to you Sir Mount Bartle Frere, first of his line. Last of his line? <laughs> Why? What's going to happen to Bartle Frere? The same thing that happened to all the <laughs> other dudes that fell into this godforsaken place. Uh, yeah, it's... It's not so good. And, of course, you know, like a lot of places that have a bunch of death associated with them, we try to rationalize it by creating possibly made-up stories to explain why there's so much death. Well, I mean, they say that it's, like, the aboriginals in that area, like, the native people in that area tell this story but we don't know we read it on the internet so yeah this one was hard to track down like actual facts for people love to talk but they don't love to write down concrete facts and i'm gonna write a complaint i tried i i'll complain about it later but yeah but as far as the whole like or aboriginal thing i mean they tell the story but are they walking around and falling into this thing or are they just trying to make tourists feel better for falling into this waterfall thing or they're trying (laughs) to keep tourists away from their fucking area like get out go go home shoot anyway the said legend um the native people of the area have long shunned the deceptively quiet pool and one aboriginal legend is particularly tragic which, does that mean there's, like, multiple and this is just the favorite one? I guess. 
Eh. The legend goes, there was once a young, beautiful woman from the Yadinji tribe named Ulana, and this maiden married a respected tribal elder named Warunu. When she met a handsome younger man from another tribe, she set forth into a torrid affair. Dang. Running off... Off away. Running off and away. <laughs> into the wilderness <sighs> with her newfound lover. For a second, I thought it said Newfoundland. I was like, I love Newfoundlands. They're so sweet. So lo- lovable pooch. But it's not. It's a no. newfound lover. Um, unfortunately for her, Ulana's husband was a powerful man within her tribe, and he set out search parties to hunt the pair down to put an end to their adulterous tryst. When they were finally surrounded and separated at the Babinda boulders, Ulana is then said to have thrown herself into the water and drowned rather than face a bleak life without her true love. Boo, that's sad. Um, according to the Aboriginal tale, she never really left and still prowls these waters, looking to lure young men to a watery grave. Another version I heard said that when she jumped in, she, like, beckoned for... Oh, it doesn't have the guy's name. I think it, his name was, like, Daiga or Diga. Mm. Start with a D. But, um, she, like, beckoned for him to come and join her in the water. But then, like, a bunch of, like, the actual boulders, like, fell and, like, either crushed her, but, like, separated so they couldn't actually be together in the water. That's fucked up. That's their way of explaining why so many ding-dang men have gotten dead in this pool. Because it's super beautiful, but the water is, uh, super dangerous. Yep. So... It's become notable because a large number of young men have mysteriously met their deaths here, and since 1959, there's been at least 17 people, and more still in old newspaper clippings. Some estimate as many as 20 have drowned here um, in decidedly strange circumstances. Uh, In many cases, the victims seem to be forcefully pulled under and held under, as if by, like, unseen hands or forces. The site's said to be particularly aggressive towards men and those that disrespect the pool in any way. So, in one story, a young man visiting the area took a kick at one of the signs there, which there are a bunch of signs up that are like, you know, don't don't cross over this, don't do this, because it's super dangerous. Like, literally, that many people have died. Mm-hmm. After which he slipped, fell into a deep pool, and drowned. Other mysterious deaths here are not as clear, such as that of 24-year-old Peter McGann, who in 1979 was climbing up a boulder, jumped a small gap, and slipped and went tumbling into the water below, after which he simply vanished without a trace, and it took teams of divers over five weeks to finally find his body lodged down in the murk at the bottom of the pool. Mm. Uh, One rescue worker who helped in the search, police diver Peter Tibbs, explained the scene thus, I've been called out. I've been called on four times to try and find bodies down there, but one of the most interesting of the cases was a young fella called Patrick McGann. We thought we knew he was in there, but we couldn't get to the body because the water is so cold. It's so deep, and it flows so fast. And so eight or ten times we went down and eventually cut the logs out of the place underwater, and on the last day, after we'd almost given up, we cut the last log that was in the chute, and the body floated freely. And that was five weeks and five days from the time he'd gone missing. So it wasn't a pretty sight, but it was a great relief to get the body out and satisfy the family. So, I mean, it's nice that they were able to, you know, bury him or cremate him or whatever the body or the the family wanted to do. But it's dangerous because, like, having that many divers, like, constantly going in is 
fucking dangerous. Well, yeah, because, I mean, just because they've got proper equipment or whatever, they might be able to stay underwater longer, but it doesn't do anything if there's, like, a really strong undercurrent that pins them against a rock or gets them, like, stuck up under some logs. It's one of those things where you send people down, you know, to retrieve something and you end up losing more people in the process. Luckily, I don't think that's happened here, but it's still, it's it's really dangerous to, to recover them just because of the way it doesn't sound like very many of them die and then are just found. They mostly have to be retrieved, it seems like. And then in another instance, a young couple stood together on the rock platform admiring the view when, according to a witness, um, without warning, the water suddenly rose and swept both of them into the water. And the woman survived... Unfortunately, her male companion didn't. And um, the witness, which was a local visiting the pool, had snapped a photo of the pair as they stood on the rock. Rock high above the water's edge just moments earlier, which is fucked up. Like, the idea of taking a picture and then within a minute, like, your partner's dead. That's the last photo of you. Yeah, like, I just, how do you even, I don't know. I don't know. Well, Um, I couldn't find that photo, but I'm sure that it's probably unsettling because if the water was, like, they're high above it, and then supposedly it came up and swept them away. They've got proof that just a minute before, it was was way, way down. Yeah. Reports of deaths at Devil's Pool go back, you know, before 1959, though. In the Cairns Post on Saturday the 10th, June 1933, they included the following report titled, Search Proceeding, um, in quotations, Although it is practically a week since the unfortunate man... Mr. T. Winterbottom. What a goofy name. Sorry. R.I.P. Sorry. R.I.P., but silly name. Uh, was swept over the barren falls, and all likely places have been searched. The body has not yet been located. It is problematic as to where the body can be, as the first pool under the falls proper is of a tremendous depth, and perhaps the body may be lodged in crevices or caves which may exist beneath this water. Again, the body may be lodged in one of the crevices under the second pool. The search is being continued, and a further search of the Devil's Pool will be made. The fact that it was called the Devil's Pool all the way back then says a lot, too. Yeah, I'm like, how many people had died at that point? Because I know that most of the lists I saw started counting it after 1959. I'm not sure why that's the cutoff. And then they were all like, well, but we also found newspaper clippings from before. But you don't just start calling something Devil's Pool. Yeah, no, I feel like it's really got to have a reputation to get that. I have a feeling it's probably been happening for a long time. It's just, you know, when people ran off before or, like, went missing, people were like, wow, they just must have ran away. And it's like, oh, honey, (laughs) that's not how that works. And then again in the Karen's Post, but this is in uh, November, it's on November 18th of 1940, um, inquest at Ather- or Atherton? Inquest at Atherton. The tragic story of the eight-year-old child, John Dominic English, who was drowned in the Devil's Pool last Sunday, was retold in the police court at Atherton. And it continues on, but there's bound to be more. Like, it's just, I think there's not as much, like, recorded, maybe, of those incidents, and maybe some people who went missing and died in that pool. Mm-hmm. weren't ever, like, recovered. <laughs> One thing I was thinking about that's kind of weird is that it's called the Devil's Pool, but it's supposed to be haunted by a woman. Hmm. And I guess, I, I don't know why that seems weird to me, but just the fact that it's not called, like, Devil Lady Lake or something, I don't know. Like, 
I feel like normally when you've got like a woman attached to some sort of haunting, it's always like the gray lady or, you know, lady of the lake or something like that. It makes me wonder if they tacked on the native people's like story later, either that or they didn't listen to the native people's story and were like, no, it's the devil. Mm -hmm. So it could be either. So the most recent one that's come up, and this one, I'm not sure, this one says 2010, but the other ones I read said 2008. I found the same thing, and so I'm not sure. It's either 2008 or 2010. This is the most recent person who passed away at the Devil's Pool, um, and it was Royal Australian Navy Officer Sub-Lieutenant James Bennett. And this one is the most, or they call it the most dramatic account because there were a lot of witnesses with him and he was 23 Friends, years old which is extra sad i know 23 year old tasmanian naval seaman james bennett who had been out for a day exploring the area with some friends in 2008 2010 nobody knows which is again kind of makes me wonder it's probably 08 like, is my guess if this is so real why are all the times weird Let's see the group had jumped over a safety railing bad idea to sit in a natural tub of highly oxidized churning water known locally as the washing machine according to one of james's friends he had been swimming in a calm area nearby when he was suddenly and violently yanked backwards as if by an invisible hand which seemed to be dragging him back towards a section of churning white water at the back of the pool um james then allegedly reached up to grab a branch which snapped um and then after that his head went under the water and he was struggling and like kind of suspended in the water but below the surface almost like something was holding him there and he could just barely get the tips of his fingers out of the water while he was struggling um some of his friends were i guess they didn't want to get too close i don't know if they just didn't know what was going on and so they tried to like extend their leg so that bennett could grab it but they couldn't actually reach him and so bennett struggled once or twice and then completely disappeared and that was the last time he was seen until his body floated out of the notorious stretch of water at the boulders three days later on December 2nd. I found the date in Wikipedia. It was um, November 30th, 2008. So I don't know why this, this story had 2010. Uh, this was the one I pulled from somewhere, but it had the more it had more information. But apparently they did not get the date right. So shame on them. <laughs> Doesn't matter if your prose is okay. You got to get yep. those dates right. Um, let's see. So that's the most recent one, and it's sad because all of his friends saw him. Um, the water, even when low, still has enough force to suck people, especially children, um, into the tunnels and, of rock and hold them under. Because I was watching um, a video of a guy who had, like, scuba-dived, scuba-dived? Scuba-dived down through and was showing. It was actually, it was really cool looking if you weren't constantly worried about a body or something, like, floating into view. But there's a lot of, like, caves and tunnels and stuff, like, at the bottom of the pool. Probably from all the undercurrents carving it out. Um, a plaque was erected in the aftermath of Bennett's passing. And, um, eerily read, he came for a visit and stayed forever, which seems, like, in poor taste to me. Maybe he had a different sense of humor or something, but it just seemed kind of like a, a weird thing to put on a plaque that's commemorating someone who died. 
Um, most of the area is now closed off, although the inviting locale constantly draws new visitors in. Babinda SES member Dulcie Schnitzerling talks about the bravery of the divers who search for the bodies. They are attached to land by rope, but they are entering a dangerous world where they themselves could be trapped by fast water and pinned against a rock. Uh, they find bodies jammed up under logs. Sometimes the bodies are spinning around in the white water. Um, and she said that when they go into the chute, they just keep going around like they are in a washing machine. Yep, which is why it's called the washing machine. Mm-hmm. And I think we talk about it later, but... Well, it popped up earlier in the one I just read. Yeah. I started watching a video of someone jumping into the pool and I'm just like, what? It? You read that literally 17 people have died. Why would you do this? Check out, I got a new GoPro. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Let's see. And they mentioned in the washing machine again later. Lots of talk about this washing machine. Hmm. Okay, well, so there are a few explanations instead of it being paranormal. Tragic event incidents are so plentiful that the area has, like, numerous railings and warning sides that have been set up over the years to, like, tell you what places in the area are safe for swimming and why so many have suddenly drowned in the mostly calm pools here. Depends largely on who you would ask. Officials think that it's due to the fast-running water, freak flash floods, or untamed currents that get stirred up by the natural lay of the stream and the boulders that dot it. And this could in turn, like, pull people under, pen them against rocks, or wedge them under sunken logs and drown them in a fashion that could quite possibly be witnessed as some sort of, like, unseen, mysterious force. Uh, And then the high oxidation... oxygenation of the water also doesn't help because it apparently makes the conditions in the off-limit areas difficult for even the most like experienced swimmers to to navigate and yeah, it makes it hard to float in the water yeah and then um even divers that have entered the pool to look for bodies have been met with like harrowing water conditions and despite typically being, like, solidly tethered to the land by rope. One local official said of the dangers of the pool thus, quote, they call it the washing machine where he went in because it goes around and around. It's all bubbles, so there's no buoyancy. It's dangerous water. It sucks you under. You always see people swimming in the dangerous holes. You don't want to know when a flood could come down from up top. There's, um... It remind just as kind of like an explanation, another area that has like a similar reputation, I guess, as like a body of water that kills pretty much everybody is this place called Bolton Strid. It's known as the stream that swallows people. And it's between Barden Tower and Bolton Abbey in Yorkshire, England. And it's one of nature's most dangerous booby traps. It's a small, innocuous-looking mountain stream about six feet across. People call it Bolton Strid or simply the Strid. But the water below the surface is a deep chasm. And the undercurrents are so powerful that anybody who falls into it, they they die. They all drown. At least from what I could find, there is not a record of any person who's fallen in ever coming out alive. And most of the time, they're not even able to recover their bodies because it's so deep and so fast. And so even something that looks like a calm pool, they turn into these mythical danger pits (laughs) just because they look like something, but there's something else. (laughs) So you just got to be careful. Um... So, I'm sorry. Anyways, (laughs) like, drowning stuff really freaks me out. So, 
in contrast to what the officials think, um, others point to the fact that not all of these deaths were the result of actually swimming. Like, some of them, like, suddenly slip and fall into the water for no reason. And almost all of the people who died that we know of were male. Like, 16 out of 17 of the official count. So, that's the, you know, telling evidence that perhaps the aboriginal legends about the pool are true, at least to some degree, and only adding to the mystique of the are the varied reports of a disembodied woman's voice calling out into the night, and pictures that claim to be of ghostly eyes, faces, and other unexplained images lurking in the water there. And then I've attached an image that Melbourne visitor Emily Caradius claims was the ghost face. I don't see it. I don't see it either. <laughs> oh, is that why you put it there? <laughs> yeah, I was like, where's the face? Because she's like, man, she looks grumpy, doesn't she? And I'm like, where? I don't see it. Where? I'll post it on the Twitter when we put it up, I guess. But, like, I just want someone to, like, draw on it and show me where where it is. I've heard people say that it's kind of, like, up where, like, the water is coming out. I don't see it. This is a lie. Yeah, I don't get it. I also couldn't find it. That was the thing is, like, there were so many stories about this one, but it was hard to find stuff to back it up. One, I couldn't find, like, any records like, official records of any of the other people who have died. It's mainly just focusing on Bennett, and then, who's the other guy? McGann, and then the two that were from before. Yeah, I looked for a long time. I mean, I even started trying to pull up, like, record of deaths, you know, coroner for Babinda, Queensland, Devil's Pool, like, I couldn't find anything. I guess I just feel like with places like this, if it's that notorious, there will be something more robust as far as, like, a list. Because they kept saying, you know, 17 people roundabout, but they only list these two. So, yeah, I don't know. And the whole, the fact that it's more men than women who are dying, I mean, would it be out of the question to just attribute it to the fact that men typically engage in riskier behavior when it comes to, like, outdoorsy activities and stuff like that. I mean, women don't not do it, but I was trying to look up reports to see if I could get a better number, and I don't know, there was one that was listed, like, out of, like, 300 or 400 something, like, unusual or risky deaths, 88% of them were dudes. And a lot of the women who died were part of a couple where the dude also died. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it is like a staggering kind of, you know, comparison as far as men to women. But I'm not that surprised because I feel like men are more likely to put themselves in a situation like this where they don't think that they're going to slip because they have, you know, confidence in their physical abilities and then they slip and they fall in. I mean, that's definitely possible. I don't have any any money in the game either way. <laughs> I tend to want to believe the more supernatural thing, but ultimately I just think it's a dangerous area that has like dangerous levels of oxygen in the water and is very prone to being kind of sporadic in how it functions and people just really probably shouldn't go there. No, well, it's one of those things where it's, like, it's beautiful, and we want to be able to go there and do whatever we want, even though we know for a fact that it's extremely dangerous. But people aren't willing to believe that it can happen to them, and so they go anyway, and then some diver dudes 
digging your body out of a log. Yep. And, or your friends have to watch you, like, drown and struggle in the washing machine. Mm-hmm. So just don't do it. Mm-hmm. There was, on one of the sites that I looked up, there was a thing about respecting the site, which kind of goes along with our whole always say goodbye. <laughs> um, so according to the local natives, if you disrespect the sacred site, the site will disrespect you. That's a funny um, way to spell kill. The site will kill you. Yeah, pretty much. It's, <laughs> it says, don't fuck with me. This appears to be illustrated by the story of one such man who was seen, which uh, we couldn't find an actual account of this. Yeah, give me his name. <laughs> one such young man who was seen by others showing his dis- disrespect by kicking the plaque that commemorates those who have lost their lives at the pool. As he kicked the plaque, he slipped, fell into the pool, and drowned. Which I feel like if that was a an actual true story, we would have heard way more about it. But I don't think that's real. Also, I tried to find photos of the plaque. Like you I suggested to try and find the names. There's no yeah. pictures of it. Nope. I found like a corner of the plaque. And that was it. Hmm. <clears throat> Anyways, in an attempt to end the seemingly high incidence of drowning deaths occurring at the waterhole, the Cairns Regional Council introduced a no-go zone and erected a number of warning signs to, signs to discourage daredevil swimmers. Cairns Mayor Val Shear said, There have been 17 deaths recorded at Devil's Pool, with the most recent occurring in 2008. The aim of this no-go zone is to prevent further incidents. I mean, they haven't had one in 10 years, so that's... Yeah. It's a good well, sign. And I guess the mayor is reporting on it, so maybe they've got some information. But what about me? What about T? I mean, I don't care so much about, like, proof. I mean, obviously it's a dangerous area if even, like, two people have died. Yeah. So, you know, that's not really what concerns me. Um, I just really don't think people should be. Like, if you want to take pictures there and stay behind the little thing, cool. Otherwise, maybe maybe go somewhere else where there aren't a, like, history of deaths of people randomly slipping and falling and drowning and not being discovered until five weeks later. Just a thought. I wonder if that guy from Ghost Adventurers or Ghost Hunters or whatever has been here and been like, You want to fuck with me? Fuck you, ghost. Push me in the water. And then he was never seen again because he drowned. I guess he hasn't done that episode because he's still around. But now I want to see that episode. You want to see him die? <laughs> no, I just want to see him trip and fall. I'm sure he'll be, like, tethered to something just in case. Safety is a high priority on this ghost show. I can't remember if it's Ghost Hunters or Ghost Adventures. Brilliant titles. But one of them. <sighs> they, they'll be safe. That's what's important. Perhaps a less sensible suggestion to end the deaths, and one which obviously would have failed to respect the sacred site, was considered by some locals a few back a few years back, and they thought maybe we should just blast the devil's pool with dynamite and turn the whole area into rubble. Which, to be honest, if it isn't a sacred site, which, like, I want to believe that this is, like, an actual, like, for real legend, but I don't know how much credibility there is there, so it's hard to sort of say, because at the same time, I'm like, well, I don't know, like... Well, I feel like if it was an actual sacred site, they wouldn't be letting people swim in it. Exactly. Or maybe they would. Maybe it's one of those things they call a sacred site, but they actually don't have any respect for it at all. I mean, I don't know Australian politics, so it's hard for me to really, like, make any sort of educated, like, assumption on that or or inference. 
I, I don't know. Luckily, it was never attempted, which, if it is, if it is a sacred site and they did that, like, whew, you fucked. You're gonna die. And I'm trying to think of how that would backfire, where they're like, all right, we're gonna blow it up, time to hit these buttons and do the bomb, but then the bombs are actually in their car, and then they go and they hit the button and their cars explode, and then they land in the pool and they drown. I was just going to say it all collapses. Like, literally, the area they're in collapses and they all drown. Oh, it's like a big, like, underground tunnel system? Yep. I mean, could be. Maybe there's suction or something and that's what's creating all the weird, like, whatever. And then blowing it up would release that and it would just... That seems like a stretch. I don't know physics. I'm just guessing. Okay, so sources for today's episode come from mysteriousuniverse.org and weirdaustralia.com and good old Wikipedia. Thanks, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Every year I donate $2 to you. You're welcome. That's how how many pennies a day? I don't know. It's like like a, a quarter of a penny every day. I mean, I've done it for like 10 years, so. That's a lot of pennies every year. I do it every year. Thank you for doing that for them. I always give a dollar to PetSmart whenever I go and buy a uh, kitty litter. I do that too. Mm-hmm. Although we don't really buy anything at PetSmart anymore, but if I have to buy something, I normally donate. Donate to the things that are important to you, even if it's just a dollar. A dollar adds up. It's like 15 people give a dollar, that's $15. That's math. Donate to stuff you care about. Math! <laughs> uh, speaking of stuff you care about, what have you done that you care about this week that you want to tell me about? I have been... Editing our other podcast. Was it scary? Hell yeah. No. No. Yes. I mean, yes. It was. It was scary having to edit down so much nonsense. We'll be good in the future. I doubt we will. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I had nonsense too. Like, I cut out an entire conversation that Sheree and I had that was not necessary. Literally, that cut down 15 minutes. And I was just like, I feel... Like, I just lost 4,000 pounds. I just shaved five years <laughs> off my life. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, if you want to check that out, if you like Mass Effect or sci-fi or tabletop games or listening to people make dumb jokes, check it out. It's called RPG Friends Club. Yeah. It's, uh, what do they call that? Like, real play tabletop? I feel like there's a term for it. Actual play? Probably. I don't know. It's very good. I enjoy it. I enjoy playing in it. It's a good time. My fiance. (coughs) My fiance. (laughs) My fiance. My fiance is our GM. I play. We all play aliens, but. Well, no, you don't. You don't. I'm a boring old human. You play a human. She's a great human. Don't disrespect Judith. She's very disrespectful. (laughs) She would definitely get blown up if she visited this sacred site. Oh my god. (laughs) Rissa would not go near it. But Judith would be all up in it. She'd be, like, trying to hot tub there. Shoot, could we have a haunted episode where we go to, like, a a haunted site? I hope so. That would be fun. Just a one-off. That sounds great. Mm -hmm. So what have you been doing, loving, etc. lately? Hmm. I feel like I had a podcast or something I wanted to talk about. Oh, I was gonna say, I'm not even all caught up because it's, there's always like, more to listen to, I feel like, but since I am the Scully on our show, I really enjoy a podcast called Oh No, Ross and Carrie. I don't know why it's called Oh No, Ross and Carrie, but it's, uh, Ross Blotcher and Carrie Poppy, and 
They are two people who go to, like, UFO conventions and Scientology churches. They do, like, fucking ayahuasca and stuff. And they they basically go to places where they make, like, weird either paranormal or, like, outrageous pseudoscience claims and stuff. And they kind of, you know, infiltrate it and then they report back on, on what they find and what they do. And it's really interesting just because, I don't know, like, just to hear them talk to people who earnestly believe that, like, the earth is flat or that vaccines make you gay or or whatever. Just, like, stuff that you know is not true, but then to to hear it come from people who actually believe it is just wild. And Ross and Carrie are both, like, very well-read. They're very smart. They make me feel like an idiot in a, the nicest way possible. But they, you know, kind of talk about why it's probably what the people are claiming is not true. And uh, they're both pretty sweet and, and they're they're nice. And I like hearing about, like, the UFOs and stuff like that. Like, it's interesting to hear because some of it is really just, like, so wild. But they, whenever they do them, sometimes they're just one episode. They'll do, like, you know, an interview with a flat earther guy or it'll be a several days long, you know, like, conference or meeting for people that, believe that, you know, like a comet's gonna crash into the earth tomorrow kind of thing. I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, he's just living his truth. But um, he's making everyone else live his truth, too, mm. and, and give them all their money. Well, you know, they should have stayed in school. <laughs> it's called Ono, oh Ross, and Carrie. Um, it's an, it's on Max Fun, and I'm gonna be super grossed out by it, but I admire their dedication, but because of the Max Fun drive like, a month ago or whatever, they reached however many, like, new and upgrading donors, and if they did, they agreed to do, uh, urine therapy. What is that? It's people who believe that, like, ingesting and putting, like, on your skin, like, your own urine has, like, amazing medical benefits. Nope. No, no, no. (laughs) So you don't have to to listen to that one. No. No, no, no. But, like, the, no, like, the UFO no, conference no, ones are really no. good. Last summer, they went to, like, two or three no. different UFO conferences that had a lot of good good material. So you can kind of pick and choose what, what you want to do. But the skeptic in me loves it. I think Ryan listens to this, too, because he's also very skeptical. Mm-hmm. Whereas I would listen to it and get depressed because it, it rids the world of all of the magic of urine therapy and (laughs) you don't want urine therapy (laughs) no i don't there are some things i think are definitely stupid but like i don't know i there are certain things in the world where i'm like i don't want this to be disproved just let me believe i want to believe well some of the stuff you know like flat earth and goofy stuff like that oh those people can get wrecked yeah so just listen to those and i was gonna say i really like the ufo ones but maybe that one would make you sad probably but it's Ono, Ross, and Carrie, and it's very good. I have another recommendation. Oh, okay. You're getting a little greedy today, huh? What? I mean, well, one of them was self-promo, so not really that great of a the recommendation. That's no, a great recommendation. It's basically like, you want to hear more of me yammering on? Here you go. Oh, you love it. Eat it up. Um, I was going to say... I've been listening to a lot of Kate Bush lately, and if you haven't listened to Kate Bush, 
She's very good. It's true. The Central World is good. All of Hounds of Love is very good. Uh, a lot of her songs aren't necessarily about her, but it's about like stories, books. Wuthering Heights. Um, <laughs> Wuthering Heights, like conceptual things. She just is very like talented and good at conveying like empathy and emotion without it seeming overly sentimental. It's just she's good at like focusing in on a moment or a feeling and really like exploring it and making you have an emotional like response to it. And her music is beautiful. And if you haven't checked her out, you should. She's an amazing angel from she was mostly popular in the 80s. So she has a power ballad completely about Heathcliff the cat. It's called My My Friend Heathcliff. (laughs) It changed my life. Oh, you know. No, she doesn't. I really enjoy Running Up That Hill, though. Yeah. That's a good one. I like The Red Shoes. Cloud Busting is good. Uh, Under Ice. Uh, Jig of Life is really effective. This Woman's Work will make you cry. Yeah, they. I, I've heard that song in so many different uh, contexts lately, and it has made me feel very confused. It was in... The, like, first episode of the new season of Handmaid's Tale. Uh, It was also the song that Justin sang on his last episode of Awful Squad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Justin. So I was like, oh, man, this is a little... The dissonance is is strong, and I don't know how to feel about about this this song anymore. If you watch her music video, it will fuck you up. I don't care if some people think it's cheesy. It's not. It's good. Watch it. Cry. Watch it again. Laugh. Those are my recommendations. Laugh till you cry no, again. No, you won't laugh. You'll just cry. No, but like the like nervous laughter. Oh, yeah, Not maybe. funny, haha. Just a, this is making me feel emotions I didn't realize I had right now. Mm-hmm. That's Kate Bush for you. That's Kate Bush. That does it for me. I'm done. All right. Well, then I guess we are finished for this episode. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, We're also on Google Play. We're hosted on Podbean, so you can follow there. I think they've got an app, too. Be sure to leave us a a five-star review. You can follow us on Twitter at Ghost Emoji Show. You can contact us at ghostemojipodcast at gmail.com. Um, our intro and outro music is by Soft and Furious. Uh, the song is Post Yes, and it's very good, and I like it. And I will probably link to it on our page since uh, I never have linked to the full one, and it's so very good. I think that will do it for this week. And remember, I always say goodbye. Oh, so it's okay for me to have to repeat it four times. No, I just, I ran out of steam. I I felt like I had it, and then I just, let me try again. Mm -hmm. Always remember to say goodbye. No spookies, no creepy crawlies. No bye-byes? Bye. Bye. Bye.